If you want Calculon to race to the laser gun battle in his hover Ferrari, press 1. If you want Calculon to double check his paperwork, press 2. Enter now. You have pressed 2. No, I didn't. I'm almost positive you did. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 8, Raging Bender. If you've been looking for some more sports episodes, boy howdy, this is the one for you. You know very well, when I'm looking for Futurama episodes, I'm always like, I need more sports in this nerd show about nerd things. Yeah, that's what I always know about Ben. I gotta, he's just got to have all the sports possible at once, if, if possible. Sports go sports. Sports go sports. Yeah, sports are the best, is what Ben would say, because Ben's such a big sportsman. He loves the, 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 the orange ball and the footy man. The footy man? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's 11 footy mans, but you know. <laughs> well, so... I mean, when we're talking like technical terms about sports, footy man is up there, certainly. Every, every time people start talking about sports, I'm always just like, yep, I sure do love me, them Orkland Ragers, and now I'm going to have to change that. You are going to have to change it to the New <laughs> Vegas Ragers. <laughs> Uh, so that's... Welcome to Back to the Futurama, a Oakland, Oak, Oakland Ragers podcast. I had to stop myself from saying the real one there, because, well, I think this bit has done enough. We don't get a cold open on this one, uh, which is fine. Uh-huh. The first thing that comes after the credits is uh, the professor saying, good news, everyone. I've taught the toaster to feel love. It's a pretty good bit, I think. Pretty good bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bender kind of shoves it away and it, it whimpers. It's pretty good. I mean, kind of, you know, like... Then Hermes comes in with a uh, brain slug uh, on his uh, on his head. Yeah, he's back from vacation. And they ask how, how the vacation went. And uh, Hermes says in this really monotone, deadpan voice... Hermes stopped over at the brain slug planet. He liked it so much that he decided to stay of his own free will. <laughs> it's very funny because it's very apparent he did not. Mm-hmm. I also like how the brain slug is referring to Hermes in the third person. That's true. Hermes. And nobody like, seems to pick up on it. There well, is, I think they do. There is nothing subtle about the brain slug oh no whatsoever well they also have a party they're trying to remember if we go back to the episode about richard richard nixon um he they have a whole party where they're trying to to gain more power within the earth government yeah that's so they're not subtle at all yeah no you're you're right about that there's a decent amount of like hidden callbacks in this episode also, while we're on the topic of brain slugs uh a friend of mine um actually uh, crocheted me a brain slug. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, that I will need to find, and uh, I'll I'll post a picture of it on the the Twitter. That's um, true. And our new Facebook page. And our new Facebook page. We do have a new Facebook page. 
which we will get to sort of at the end. Uh, Sorry, I, I jumped ahead because I'm just so excited. And you just can't hide it. I really, I just slapped the table in real life. But yeah, it's a it's a little crocheted brain slug, and it's uh, it's pretty well done, and um, I think it's it's pretty great. It sounds great. I, I can't wait to see it myself because you do not currently have it on, which is a good thing because otherwise the monotone won't really work. Everybody tells Fry that the the correct response to the brain slug is just ignore it mm-hmm. and switch to a garlic based shampoo. Very important. Very important. You'll smell very good uh, unless there are people that don't think garlic smells all that great, but. I'm I'm a huge fan of garlic, so you'll smell real good, and you don't have to worry about those brain slugs. Sweet. Hermes also says that their their mission for today is to fly to the brain slug planet and just walk around without a helmet. Yes, not wearing a helmet is very important in this plan. And the professor says, uh, okay, hey, let's ditch this guy and go to the movies. Which everyone agrees with, because the movies, why wouldn't you? They Instead go, of work? Yeah. Yeah, they ditch out and they go to Lowe's Nplex. And I have a list of the movies. All right. It came from Planet Earth, Shaft on Afrikan 9, When a Man Loves a Smizmar, Quizblorg Quizblorg. Later on, we find out that it's an alien film with subtitles. You pre- subtitles. Very pretentious. Uh, Planet of the Clams, which Zoidberg is in favor of. And uh, as they go inside, Galaxy Wars, which is a historical documentary that Leela is not really interested in right now. Galaxy Wars does look like an exact screen cap from uh, Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. The ships even look it, the same. The N- Naboo ships, yes. So historical documentary is the funny bit, and I, and I really appreciate that. Because Fry looks at it and is like, oh, that looks cool. And Leela's like, oh, I don't want to deal with a historical. Ugh. Bender comes up with the great idea of just, hey, why don't we all go see All My Circuits, the movie? And everybody agrees, and then he says, great, great idea, Bender. <laughs> he 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 loves congratulating himself for his great ideas. Yeah, I mean, so do I. It's true. Every, every tweet that I write, I like it and then respond to myself, that was a great tweet, Ben. And then you do a high five in real life with yourself. I've seen it. We just did it. He just tweeted everyone. <laughs> mission accomplished in the lobby bender gets a large diet malt liquor and popcorn with extra motor oil yeah and uh fry gets a small slurm which he uh subsizes i guess down to a extra small slurm which is basically one of those little ketchup cups that you can get mm-hmm. and as he walks away he spills it on himself yep hoisted, and the whole by, thing. hoisted by his own petard i'm pretty sure is how that sentence goes what is a petard? I honestly have not a clue. Okay, I'm going to Google this. Hold w- on. Welcome to Ben's. I'm going to Google that corner. This segment not brought to you by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary at all. Also not brought to you by Google. Well, I, I technically, yes, it is. We, Google does not pay for this, if, if you're wondering that at all. Oh, oh, there's an interesting look on Ben's face as we speak. Ben, do you have results? Uh. The first result on Google says a small bomb made of a metal or wooden box filled with powder used to blast down a door to make a hole in a wall. Exactly. Hoisted by that. I hate when I get hoisted by a small bomb. <laughs> it's, it's, it can be explosive, sure. But it's, see, this is why you try not to be hoisted by it. 
before the movie they have an, a really old school <laughs> yeah the, i'm just passing that by i'm not I even i know but it's very funny to me before the movie they have sort of an old school newsreel sure. um segment and it's even in black and white for some reason and it's got got a guy speaking in that uh mid-atlantic um or no transatlantic yeah transatlantic is the term i'm looking for um it has a guy speaking in the transatlantic um, accent. Accent. Mm-hmm. The first one is is about uh, Mayor Poopenmeyer. First off, excuse me. Ha-ha! I have to I have to enjoy that name whenever it comes up, and it does come up. Mayor Poopenmeyer uh, opening a new uh, whoa, like a, a, a oh man, what's the term? The the little tube uh, air, uh, pneumatic tube mm-hmm. that everybody like uses as public transit to alleviate some of the rush hour work, which then cuts to m- hundreds of people in one of these tubes, just like smashed together. Like, ah, we also get a clip of, uh, the newly crowned Miss universe. Yep. Um, the amoeba woman from literally just like two episodes ago. Yep. Um, and, uh, she is putting on a show, uh, to support the troops who are working on an invasion of earth. Go get them boys. They also have a great bit here where Fry, when he's watching the the graphics at the mm-hmm. beginning of this newsreel, sure. he's like, "Oh, that's so real, uh, so futuristic," and then it cuts over to the Mystery Science Theater three thousand guys, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Quiet, I'm trying to watch the movie." I, it isn't it like don't, don't talk during the movie? Yeah, yeah, which is uh, maybe my favorite bit in this whole it's, episode. It's it's good. It's very good. Um, and then they see the third section of the newsreel is the ultimate f- robot fighting championship where the masked unit just won the championship bout against gorgeous gorks by technical melting. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would probably watch wrestling if it involved melting people with eye lasers. Sure. Or, or any of the other ways that robots lose in this episode i mean i guess i did used to watch battle bots you remember battle bots that was basically robot wrestling that was basically ultimate Mm -hmm. robot fighting it's i I bet you they came up with part of the idea from that you know i haven't thought about battle bots in years me neither that's pretty great did they bring it back in like the last three or four years um why didn't we not build a robot for this competition ben because i suck at building robots but you have ideas. You're an idea man. Okay, here's my idea. For, All right, let's go for a battle bot. Um, it is a robot. Okay, good start. With saws. Okay. For hands. Okay. All right. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. And for feet, it also has saws. Okay, so so we're going saw heavy on this robot. <laughs> Very saw heavy. Hmm. Hmm. What we what was the name of the robot? We have to have a good name, or else they won't put us on TV. Saul. Saul. Got it. S a w l. Sold. Let's get it on television, everyone. Let's go. We got it. Woo. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, there we go. See, I told you, everybody. Ben is the idea guy. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay um so uh a very tall robot and a very kind of stout robot sit in front of bender um the tall one directly in front of bender and the stout one to the side 
and um, kind of blocking his view. And Bender kind of takes offense to this and just kind of like insults them to their face about him being so tall and his accompaniment being so very short and stout. Uh, she is not a teapot, by the way, as you might have. Uh... Well, I mean, I haven't tipped her over and found her spout. Well, that's. <laughs> oh, I walked into Mike's euphemism corner on that one. <clears throat> uh, they start up the movie. Uh, All my circuits, the movie, and it starts with a very James Bond sort of intro. Oh, yeah. A lot of uh, fembots with uh, like dancing in and silhouette and guns, laser guns. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of uh, writing and directing credits I want to call out really fast. Okay. Um, it was directed by Directing Unit 4. Very, very good directing unit, I think. Um, it was written by Writing Units 5 and 12. And also Joe Esterhouse. Very mm-hmm. good. Um, and based on original characters by original character, unit number 17. Some very, very stars on the production side of this film, I think. Oh, yes. You only bring in the big names for oh, all my circuits. The big guns. Directing Unit 4 has won so many Glemmys. You've got to bring in the Glemmy winning uh, directors for all my circuits. It cuts to Calculon in an office, uh, and he's like uh, just finishing up some some paperwork. And then his uh, uh, girlfriend, Monique, calls. She says, a fight scene has broken out at the special effects warehouse. Come quickly before a fiery explosion chases someone down a hallway. That's some good writing, writing unit number five. Well done only the best so he he's about to get up and do something when it suddenly set, starts giving the choice to the audience so they can choose one to to race to the laser gun battle in his hover ferrari or two double check his paperwork i was thinking about this during the episode and about how i'm really glad this technology doesn't exist because can you imagine giving this technology to all the trolls out there who would just go to a movie and then be like, I'm going to pick the most boring movie I can for everybody who paid good money for this. Yes, that does suck. But they also it do, that technology does exist. It's just in book form. It's choose your own adventure. But trolls can't ruin that for me. I mean, if there's a troll based choose your own adventure, it could probably they probably would on many a page. Okay, um, I guess. Gotcha. Fry. No, but you're right. That idea is crappy. Absolutely. Fry chooses one to see the laser gun battle and uh, the the movie phone, a very obvious like movie phone voice is like, you have selected two. I didn't choose two. I'm pretty sure you did. (laughs) So it ends up that everybody gets to watch the the movie where Calculon finishes double checking his paperwork. Which I love because it cuts to the audience a couple of times and everybody's got a smile on their face. Like they seem to be legitimately enjoying watching Calculon filing tax forms. Well, when you can't watch Calculon, you know, on a regular basis on a television per se, just getting a glimpse of Calculon is so great that it just, you can't ruin it. Even if it is dull as dishwater. Meanwhile, Bender is uh, smoking a cigar and kicking the back of the, the seat Um in front of uh, for the robot that's sitting in front of him mm-hmm. as when the robot turns around and kind of like can you can you stop he starts throwing you know the the popcorn with the motor oil on it which kind of is the final straw and the robot in front of him asks him to engage in fisticuffs and uh, i mean this he's a, 
a tall robot for sure, but you know, pretty scrawny. And then, I call him a lanky robot. He's a lanky robot, uh, except then when he stands up, like his uh, chest puffs out, mm-hmm. and like like it kind of Voltron's into this really tough mm-hmm. man's chest, and his arms super grow and have covering, and he just he's a big man now, the, a big a, big but very big robot big robot check it and see that's the only song i know oh i know (laughs) sorry that's an in joke between me and ben they start uh well this robot starts trying to fight bender while bender kind of runs away because i mean he's a big robot and bender's like i don't want to deal with that he's like shooting lasers out of his eyes and everybody's running including hattie mcdougall who's like let's all go to the lobby (laughs) it's very good and then uh, he cor- except, except for the the professor, the professor is just sitting there watching, mm-hmm. staring and, straight ahead. And then Bender gets cornered, but uh, this big robot slips on the motor oil mm-hmm. uh, that was in the popcorn, and then uh, gets knocked out. Yeah. And then Leela realizes it's the masked unit. No way. And everybody seems to be like, oh, and then really in, 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 interested in this Bender fellow. And then uh, the commissioner of the Ultimate Robot Fighting League, who happens to be there at this movie, uh, as you do, comes up and says, "Hey, how'd you like to to fight in the Ultimate Robot Fighting League? Because I'm a, a connoisseur of jerks who pick fights in movie theaters." <laughs> and Bender agrees. Yeah, I mean, w- why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're you're already picking a fight at a movie theater, and somebody says you're really good at picking a fight in a movie theater, you'd probably take that compliment too. Back at Planet Express, everybody has concerns about Bender's new plan to become an ultimate robot fighter. Including Bender once he's informed of the the crippling pain. Yeah, he's not big on the crippling pain. No, I wouldn't be either, but I'm also not trying to sign up for the ultimate robot fighting league. Leela, though, of all people, insists that yeah. he has to do it. And she starts telling a story about back at the orphanarium, mm-hmm. uh, which I always love... Uh, Zoidberg's like again with the orphanarium. It's very good. But she starts telling this story about back at the orphanarium where she was doing Arcturan Kung Fu mm-hmm. and her misogynist uh very misogynist very misogynist kung fu instructor, Master Thnog, mm-hmm. promotes two guys that she just beat the crap out of to a higher belts. And um basically the the crux of this is that uh snog says that lilo can never be a good fighter because uh she doesn't have the will of the warrior only men have the will of the warrior well i mean it's pretty clear that Fnog is is a very um one note character and this is pretty much what he is and he is being set up to be the villain of the episode i mean they're not subtle about it no they really aren't and i think that's probably thematically okay in a pro wrestling episode <laughs> um sure not uh we'll we'll get to the people that bender fights in the ultimate fi- robot fighting league oh i cannot wait for that list it's go- it's gonna be good so leela points out that uh for some reason this story about master snog means that bender has to do it i don't even remember what rationale that is but that does seem to convince bender sure uh, then they do a training montage. The I have in my notes uh, worst training montage ever. It's bad. Bender is not very good at uh, physical things. Physical things. 
Um, he does manage to do push-ups with a jack that comes out of his compartment, which mm-hmm. is, um, I guess, pretty impressive. Sure. Um, I mean, if you have a jack part as part of your body, then yeah, it's impressive, I guess. Sure. Like, if I was to do it, it would be weird. Yes. But I don't have a compartment. It would be very weird. Then we skip to Bender's very first fight in the Ultimate Robot League. Against the Clear Cutter. Who's a big lumberjack lumberjack looking dude with um, chainsaws for arms. Different than the saws that would be on Saul, though. Okay. Then I'm going to need to know exactly what saws we're trying to put on Saul. It's more like um, uh, those circular saws is what I'm thinking. Okay. I see it. Mm -hmm. I see. I see it, and we're going to get on television. I I want to distinguish that I'm not just biting the style of the clear cutter for this robot. It's very important that you mm-hmm. you and thank you for letting me know. They get into uh, they start the fight, and uh, Bender is really bad at fighting. Yes, very. Uh, he gets kicked around, and he gets um, chopped in the uh, back with an axe, mm-hmm. which he- Lila tells him to stop s- stop <laughs> r- scratching his axe hole. Which is a good line. He also gets a drill through a head, th- through his head. Yeah. Then somehow um, he like sticks his foot out, and the clear cutter runs into it, and Bender wins. Well, the clear somehow. cutter explodes because of this, right? Like literally, str- pieces of the clear cutter are all throughout the ring. So yeah, Bender wins somehow. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to the locker room, and Bender's like kind of excited that he just killed someone which yeah. is um a little questionable your favorite character okay sure i mean i, I i'm never going to defend him <laughs> i just want to continue like i like letting you know anyway so so he's kind of proud or excited about it and then the clear cutter walks into the locker room saying hey dude what's up and then bender gets a little confused and then it's explained that ultimate robot fighting is a scam (gasps) and it's not actually about fighting it's just that the most popular robot always wins what ben no don't tell me this is true it's absolutely true it's still real to me okay well um i don't have much to tell you then other than it's fake uh so the most popular robot always wins and bender is very popular and that makes bender pretty happy yeah I would be too if I if I was told I was popular and I was going to win because of it. Then we get to the montage of all of the other robots that Bender fights and wins. I against. really I really enjoy how many how, all, of the robots how he wins in a very specific way every time except for one. Um, but let's get into that, shall we? Um, his first his next opponent is Billionaire Bot. Uh, Bender wins by tying him up with a, his own pocket watch and puts a barrel on him that says "Very poor." Not just poor. Very poor. Um, Next up is the foreigner who says, I'm not from here. I have my own customs. Look at my crazy passport. I do have a pretty good story about that. Um, In college, I worked at the front desk at at one of the uh, residence halls. Sure. And we had a a change drawer uh, that we had to count out um, at the beginning and end of every shift. And I found a Canadian... um, uh coin in it okay and so in our work log i taped it to the thing and i wrote i'm not from around here i have my (laughs) own customs coming from the the coins face (laughs) 
I'm pretty sure nobody understood it. I love it. I absolutely do, and I absolutely love it. So uh, Bender wins by stuffing an American flag in the mouth of the foreigner and drops kick, drop kicks him out of the ring. Uh, next up is the chain smoker, which is basically uh, a cigarette uh, vending machine. Um, Bender hits him with a chair a couple times and then lights up a, a cigar. Mm-hmm. Because I guess there isn't a really specific way to defeat a cigarette robot. The chain smoker does also point out that after the fight, he's headed straight to your favorite restaurant. What a heel. Oh, just the worst. Just the worst. And that kind of ends the the winning montage, unless I missed one. Nope. Okay. Back at Planet Express, after this montage, Bender walks in with a couple of floozy bots on his arms and uh, in a big fluffy coat and he's like i'm also an ultimate robot lover he's always so smooth when he's talking to the ladies oh yeah all right leela gets kind of upset that he's not taking this seriously and he's not training but you know it's all fake anyways so bender just doesn't care it's true and he says i don't need anybody and then the floozy's like but you need us right and he's like well of course i need floozies and walks out Back at Ultimate Robot Fighting Headquarters, he's in a meeting with the the guy. I, I didn't catch the guy's name. It'd be easier if I had his name instead of uh, the commissioner. The, guy, the commissioner. I'm just gonna call him the okay. commissioner. I don't. I don't think he. I might have not caught the name either. He's if if you know the name of the commissioner, tweet at Back to Futurama. Nice. There's a pop on that one. The commissioner is telling him that Bender's popularity is declining. And the sales of his uh, bath soap is uh, not doing so well. Um, And Bender sniffs it and he's like, tea berry, I said sandalwood, which is a line I think of literally anytime I see a sandalwood candle, (laughs) which is very good. It's very good. And uh, his response is, if you can't sell sandalwood, you don't belong in this business. It's very good. So they decide to take his uh, wrestling character in kind of a different direction. Yeah. And the new direction is that he's no longer Bender the Offender, which is a, a fact that up until now we have not said. No, it's been, it's said a couple times <laughs> in no, the you, montage. You and I haven't oh, said it. Oh, yes. We, we're not good at what we do. <laughs> we are not. And instead of being... Bender the Offender, he is now the Gender Bender, and he is given a pink tutu uh, that says Gender Bender on it, Mm -hmm. and he is expected to lose the next fight, and Bender says, well, I don't don't really want to lose the next fight. And they unveil who who his opponent is going to be, the Destructor, who bashes through the wall, and he is a major magnitude bigger and stronger than Bender. Oh, yes. I mean, it's if they actually got in a fight, this even wouldn't be a fair competition. Even in a, even in a rigged fight, it's still not fair. And then Bender says, see you at the fight. And then at Planet Express, he explains what happens, and then he says, then I said, see you at the fight. <laughs> and it's, it's like you get just, the, you basically just get to hear that again, and it's the best. Bender basically begs Leela to train him now, and she says, well, if you didn't need my... If you didn't want my help when you didn't need it, why should I help you when you do need it? And Professor's like, what the hell are you talking about? But then there's a commercial f- for... Um, for the fight. 
for the fight. Uh, it's it shows that Bender's new persona is this um, gender bender, like sitting on the bed um, with a phone and and with like a Goldilocks sort of wig. And then on the other end of the phone line is uh, Destructor. You know, I don't think I ever picked up on the fact that they're calling each other on the phone. Well, I mean, they're both on phones. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I suppose they could just be on the phone at the same time. No, it's funnier. It, it's funnier because uh, Destructor says, I will destroy you. How did you never catch that? I don't know. And then it says, also stop calling me. And that it makes it the joke is actually working for me now. I've been watching this show for over a decade. <laughs> and, over, you're, and you're almost just two at this point. And you're just now getting and I'm it. I'm just now getting it. Okay. I'm not a smart man, and I'm not good at what I do. <laughs> then. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how have I made it this far? At the end of the commercial, it is also revealed for some reason in this commercial that Destructor's trainer is Master Thnog. Sure. Well, sometimes it's important to have the manager be, because Destructor is kind of, uh, uh, kind of a blank slate, but Master Thnog, he's got some heat on him. Sure. And like the brain Bobby Heenan. Snog does point out that Destructor has the will of the warrior, uh, which we've already determined is apparently an important thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's why he will win. And then this, of all things, drives Leela to decide, okay, I'm going to train you. We're going to beat this guy. Well, I, I mean, it makes sense because of Master Fnog's treatment of her as a, as a high school uh, kid that she would want to try and show him that... He, she's above him now or yeah Yeah. no i mean i i I get it it's just it's a weird series of events that's true anyways it it goes to the fight at madison cube garden Mm -hmm. where Um, where it says no gambling with no in air quotes see that's the thing that i caught for the first time this watch through i don't think i've ever even noticed i i love that bit you but here's the thing you miss something small and somewhat insignificant i missed a joke an entire joke (laughs) based on the fact that they're calling each other in a television commercial in the show that i just like did not Uh put together at all no you're right i am you're right first i I am a better podcast host than you You are you are much better at this than i am so much better than this than me and this okay i will i will take that um, and I will play this clip back every episode from here until the end of the series. That's fine. I accept this. I did this to me. Excellent. So the commentators for the fight are Rich Little, who is imitating Howard Cosell, and uh, George Foreman. That's a pretty good Howard Cosell voice there. Thank you. Um, also, Rich Little actually does make a guest appearance in this episode mm-hmm. as his own voice. It's not really George Foreman. Oh, funny. I, I made special note to, to check after the episode because I was... I, I mean, I knew it know. wasn't George Foreman, but I didn't realize it was actually Rich Little doing George Foreman. No, it's Rich Little doing Rich Little. Wait, I'm confused now. Maybe I'm really bad at what I do. What, what was... Okay. Rich Little guest stars as Rich Little. But he's doing Howard Cosell here. Uh-huh. So who then is Richard... Uh, George Foreman? I don't know. Probably like... Maurice Lamar, she does everything. That's true. But I figured it was Rich Little if they were going to be so specific about the mm-hmm. the joke. Anyways, <laughs> that aside. Um, that weird disc- tangent. 
the the opening commentary uh they're talking about the fight and how bender's odds are really bad george foreman says that this may be the most one-sided fight since 1973 when ali faced an 80 foot tall mechanical joe frazier and his mind's not what it used to be anymore but he's pretty sure that the earth was destroyed seems legit I do want to point out um, some of the gambling odds on this, which is, again, because of, uh, quote, no gambling. Uh-huh. Um, it's 1,000 to zero. A bet of zero dollars on Bender will win $1,000. There apparently have not been many takers. It's not a very good bet. I hard, I heavily disagree. If I can bet nothing and get something, even if it's incredibly uh, unlikely, uh Doing something for nothing. Wait, doing nothing for something is important. Uh, before the fight starts, uh, as Bender's kind of like getting ready, he knocks Hermes's uh, brain slug off. Oh, yes. And Hermes yes. is like, thank you, thank you. And then the the brain slug gets back, put back on. He's like, thank you. It was cold down there on the floor. That was an interesting brain slug uh, accent. Brain slug Hermes accent. Yes, it was very bad. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Again, remember, we've talked about this. I'm bad at what I do here. I mean, to be fair, this isn't the uh, imitating Hermes brain slug podcast. It's true. That would be a very niche sort of thing. The fight starts up. Uh, I mean, there's some fanfare and stuff. Yeah, and Master Fanon you know, comes in and is just a jerk. He's a jerk to Leela. And um, yeah, but the fight starts and uh, Bender is getting his butt kicked, to be quite frank. That and he kind of gets rid of the hair and the the um two two the two two and well he he hangs up the two two very nicely very and, very gently and puts it in his compartment but he snaps mm-hmm. the wand and he throws away the wig and then he's like i'm here to really fight and he says um it's bendering time and then uh gets his butt kicked and he's like i think you misunderstood the concept <laughs> of bendering time it's true um he also att- attempts to attack uh and I think it's all bo- all passengers board for pain or something. A nonstop flight to pain. Yeah, there it is. And he then says, now boarding standby passengers. And then he gets pretty much destroyed. It's very funny. Bender is getting his butt kicked so badly that he asks Fry, who's kind of on the, the side of the ring, uh, to throw in the towel. And Fry is just not responsive at all. Because he's got a brain slug. Um, as an aside, George Foreman takes the opportunity to plug his new grill for some reason, for some reason, um, his new grill drains the fat directly into his own mouth, which he then shows because the, the grill kind of goes up and into the, the jar and, and into his mouth and he enjoys the fat. Still not as gross as, uh, fry in the slurm factory moment, but still pretty gross. It's, it's not great. It's, it's pretty gross. Leela notices a little like satellite mm-hmm. kind of over on the, the, at, the corner. At, yeah, Leela is basically telling Fanog to call it off because he's it's it's too much. Mm-hmm. Bender's going to be taken out, and notices this remote control apparatus. And so she goes under the ring where Snog is in this like full body suit, and Destructor is mimicking all of Snog's moves. Mm-hmm. Leela confronts him, and they start uh, kind of verbally fighting Mm -hmm. until they go into actual fighting Mm -hmm. um, which then destructor seems to be fighting a shadow uh person basically or shadow robot and bender like for some reason thinks that this means he's suddenly doing well he's just like oh yeah like and he starts 
I think I think Bender is is hoisted by his own petard here. I also don't think that's the right way to say that. I don't think so. I just figure I'm going to keep saying it until it's right. I mean, or really wrong. Honestly, looking up the the definition <laughs> for petard only confused me more. Perfect. To be 100% honest. Excellent. Uh so they they fight and uh, they're kind of um evenly matched, I think. Like neither one sure. really gets the upper hand. And then when Leela notices that um when Leela notices that Destructor is following Thnog's every move, mm-hmm. she had, had she kind of catches his his fist as it's coming down to punch her and then sees it up on the screen and then right basically forces his fist down into the into the ground and then Destructor's fist comes right through the mat and punches Thnog. And then Thnog falls over and of course so does Destructor. And it just so happens that Destructor falls directly onto Bender. Who gets extremely flattened. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they count the pin, one, two, three, and Destructor wins. Yep. Um, so yeah, after the fight, Bender is completely flattened on the mat. Like cartoon character getting run over by a steamroller kind of flattened. Exactly. Uh, Fry comes in and asks, like, what happened? I heard somebody got flattened. They also question what happened to Fry's brain slug. And uh, the uh, professor picks it up and says, starved to death. Poor thing. Very, very good joke. The commissioner comes up and says, hey, you lost. And you made it look half believable. And then gives Bender a 10% off card to Bed Bath and Beyond, which I'm just going to point out is a terrible thing because simply by existing as a human being, I get 20% off coupons <laughs> in the mail nonstop. For, I will say this, though. Mult- multiple thoughts. One, it's very clear that they have a sponsorship by Bed Bath Beyond by the, face, the fact that they're selling soaps with Bender's face on it earlier. This uh-huh. tea berry sandalwood. Sandalwood. Mm-hmm. Second, we don't know how Bed Bath & Beyond's business model has moved over the years. Apparently, it's moved into a very pro-wrestling sort of uh, stance. Oh, you mean ultimate robot fighting? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I just want to make sure that just because you get 20% off now doesn't mean that you'll continue to get 20% off in the year 3000. I'm going to take a very hard line on this. Okay. Well, I need 20% off of those Bender sandalwood soaps because well, like, I that, like me some sandalwood. Well, keep that coupon you get in the mail tomorrow and also the next day. And the next day. And the next. Build a fort Until out of those things. Until 2170. That's when they they cut it off. They say ten percent only. I'm gonna I'm gonna be worth my weight in gold with those twenty percent off coupons because I don't think they expire. I think they expire. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, the last the last little bit is uh, Rich Little and um. Well, they roll Bender up and carry him off. Yes. Um. Oh, and Bender is complaining a lot about how he is in um, immense pain, as one might imagine. And then, yeah, the last scene is Rich Little and uh, George Foreman kind of talking. And I don't, I don't remember what uh, George Foreman says. He, he says he didn't look half bad in a tutu. And then Rich Little says that he did surely not, which is another one of my little it's, Futurama. It's so good because then George Futurama goes, or George Futurama, <laughs> <laughs> George Futurama here. Hello, we've had a lot of fun tonight. <laughs> Hi, my name's George Futurama. I sure hope you liked my program. 
<laughs> I hope nobody makes a dumb podcast about my program. Um, With apologies to George Futurama. <laughs> you will be missed. Yeah. George Foreman is just like, what? Yeah. Which it, I feel like he would probably say about this podcast. About what just happened? Yeah. Um, and that's the episode. That so. is the episode. So now it's time to go to... Grades. My feelings on this episode are that it is not a bad episode and not really a good episode. Okay. It's it's a real middle of the road sort of episode for me. Uh, a lot of the jokes are pretty good. We get uh, a lot of the, the brain slug stuff, which is funny. Um, we get... Um, you know, a lot of really good, um, a lot of really good lines here and there. I don't really have much of an attachment to this episode. I don't know if I'd get more out of this episode if I was more into like sports and pro wrestling and and all of that. Like, sure. Um, you know, I made sure to double check if it really was Rich Little doing his own voice in this episode. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, I have no idea who Rich Little is. So. <laughs> I mean, it has it has no impact on me one way or the other. Sure, I'm pretty sure Rich Little is just an impressionist, not necessarily a sports figure. See, and I don't know. I don't. I have no idea who he is. Well, so, there you go. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And I already used my one Google search for this episode to yeah, look we, up Petard. So yeah, we can't go back to Ben Google's that corner. You get one Google lookup per episode. It's 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 in the show notes now. And yeah, so I mean, I I. I it's pretty good. There's a, a lot of little lines that I, I really enjoy a lot, um, but it's a real middle-of-the-road episode, um, so I'm going to say C+. Okay. Um, so I'm going to probably disagree with you on that one. Um, I am a sportsman. Uh, I hadn't noticed. Uh, I am also wearing a shirt about my sports today. Um, anyway, my point is I, I, I watched a lot of pro wrestling and have done in the somewhat recent past. I've kind of tuned back out but i i love sports and i love that kind of thing um and even though it's kind of like um not really uh super detailed on how wrestling works it's still like it it paints in broad strokes and it's pretty funny and you got, kind of get that you know uh that 80s wrestling feel of it where everything was kind of like painted in broad strokes where you had the good guy and you had the guy from a different country and know a, a wrestling irs agent and things like that which are real things that actually happened like there was literally an irs agent that was or an accountant that was a wrestler huh is that also where tiger millionaire comes from in steven universe i mean it's similar concept same same kind of thing yeah that's more ted dibiase than the irs um Okay, see, or, like or, you're... Yeah, see, okay. the, i mean like i i i know i don't know wrestling but i'm a fan of wrestling and i am a fan of sports. And I think that's where I get more out of this episode than you do. I mean, all the jokes are very good. There are some problematic parts, but I point that more at being trying to grapple, pardon my pun with the kind of how wrestling works in broad strokes. Okay. And for a long time, it hasn't really worked very well with, you know, uh, nuance because that's not what pro wrestling is about. It's very big. It's very flashy. It's very, so having very, and, and it kind of plays off of the audience. So I, I will actually give it a little bit more leeway than some episodes have. I have been. Okay. I, I don't really like... Uh, Master Fnog is is very one-note character and very gross. Um, sure. But he's basically set up to be the villain. 
and then the idea of putting somebody in a non-flattering gimmicks or costume or anything is something that's actually happened in wrestling before. So I, I don't see that as kind of a, and I could definitely be wrong in this. I don't see it as like an attack on that people, but an attack on this person trying to make them look stupid. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and that might be wrong. And if, and if you have a different opinion, definitely tweet at me at back to Futurama and we can have a discussion there, but uh, because it's, it's pretty good at kind of, using that wrestling framework to tell a funny story. I think it's a very good episode for me personally. It's one of the ones that I always look forward to. And I was kind of worried about it because, uh, because of the, the different characters that are in this episode are very, you know, gross. But I think on another watch, it really nails what it, what I imagine it's, it is somewhat like behind the scenes in like eighties and nineties wrestling. Um, I'm going to give it an A. Wow, that's a that's a pretty big disparity. It we is. We haven't had one of those in a while. And I th- I think we might end up getting some more of these when we start having these kind of disparate um, interests in these episodes. Like, I'm not sure if you're going to give any of the later sports ones the same grade I am. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll just have to see. Yeah, we will. You can always let us know what you think about this episode uh, by getting in contact with us. You can do that by emailing us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. And as we've noted earlier in the episode, we do actually have a Facebook page now. Woohoo! Um, so if you just look up Back to the Futurama on Facebook, you should be able to find that. Um, I think there is actually like a, a link. Um, I think we're Back to Futurama on Facebook as well. I believe so, but I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, just look us up on Facebook, uh, become a fan, and uh, you can get updates from us there if, if maybe Twitter's not your thing. Sure. Uh, and and it, as always, uh, like and subscribe on iTunes. It helps other people see the podcast. And if if we get a you know a lot a like minded people listening to the podcast, it it, it will it, it's a more more exciting for everybody. Indeed. So that's going to do it for us this week. As always, I am Ben, and I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the, the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.